The year is 2001. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is my marvelous year. We didn't talk about it. So, well, how about I say hello, and then you say the next word, and we'll just keep (laughs) we'll just keep doing it that way until you get through your intro. Okay. Hello. Welcome to my marvelous year. We are the Zach Zag (laughs) Zach, and we're done. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you'd say Beastie, and then we could do Beastie Boys and say it together. Um, Oh, I don't know your early or Run DMC. All right. Oh, come on. You don't know the Beastie Boys? That's hardly a deep cut. <laughs> here, we, here we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. Today! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach, your comic book journeyman. Journeyman! And I've had, in my, my uh, lapel pocket here, I've had a diamond ring this whole time waiting to propose to Dave if only he would stop paying attention to those darn comic books and notice mm. i've been here all along mm. i've had that joined... problem so many times i've had <laughs> that problem way too many times a very chatty guest who hasn't been introduced yet i'm joined by dave busing comic book expert founder and ceo of comic book herald sure and a, a, a man who ever since he pushed charlotte electrocuted charlotte and pushed her off a roof hasn't been able to stop muttering Sacre bleu, zut <laughs> All my comics are in French. My wife has been like, why are you producing all of these French comics of what appears to be you in a daredevil suit pushing a poor Charlotte off of a roof? A zoomer unsuspectingly. Off the, the pushing roof, yeah. a little zoomer off of a roof like a creepy old man. Uh, yeah, it's been a problem. It has been a problem. You know what hasn't been a problem, though, Zach? Reading these comics. We got some good daredevil comics today. As part of 2001, My Marvelous oh, Year. You think I'm excited to talk about these. Good comics? Interesting. Stop hmm. it. Stop it. <laughs> Gosh, the biggest hater on the planet. I just need mm-hmm. to I just need to know who's supplying your haterade and to cut them off. Right? I just think your electrolytes are a little too too full of hate these days. I wanted to cleverly They're a little electrolyte on love and a little too Ooh. full of hate, I would argue. Um Pepsi uh Cruel. No, that's not. That's nothing. Damn it. Um, are, you, are you speaking French again? <laughs> I'm trying that? to think of a, a good. See, this is where we need Charlotte. I need a pun uh, that also. Charlotte includes... sadly is not with us today for Daredevil, like Zach said. She yeah, she's off. Uh, no, no, she's doing. Uh, she's off doing cosplay. I just. She just posted pictures in the Slack. She's doing some Percy Jackson cosplay, and she has oh, a heck yeah. mallet. <laughs> it's part. I think. I don't know what character she's playing. It's Percy Jackson, but uh, she has a. Like a paper mache mallet, I think, that's like the size of a toddler, <laughs> the head of this mallet. It's incredible. <laughs> um, she looks so cool. Um, yeah, she's off having fun doing that instead of having the real fun, which is talking comics with your boys. Well, and if you want to see if you want to see those cosplay photos, apparently, if they're in the Slack, you can go to patreon.com slash year <laughs> and get access yeah. to our, our exclusive MMY Slack and see Charlotte with a toddler-sized mallet, which sounds very entertaining. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> Um, all right, yeah, we're yeah. talking Daredevil today. We got two, we got the start of a massive major run in Marvel Comics history, and then we have the start of a pretty important miniseries um, from some notable creators. We got Daredevil, we're reading issues 16 to 19 today. This is the start of the Brian Michael Bendis run on Daredevil. This is kind of a tryout before the real run begins in earnest uh, in this coming years. Oh, and then we're going to talk God. about. Oh boy. And then we're going to talk about <laughs> Daredevil Yellow by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. R.I.P. Tim Sale passed away this year in 2022 as we're recording this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew that. And some, uh, some pretty stinking incredible work. So great Daredevil stuff today. Um, you can find all the comics that we read, of course, listed in the show notes. Uh, and, and if you want access to the full spreadsheet all the way up through 2010 right now, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash my for as little as $1 a month. You can get access to that ahead of time. Zach, 
Mm. Daredevil comics. Mm-hmm. They're good. I've said before, They're and I'll good. say again, the best pound-for-pound pound number of runs in the entire Marvel Comics pantheon is Daredevil. You know, like it just has the yeah. most. I was looking through this actually this morning. So on my best comics of all time list on CBH, I have four Daredevil runs inside my top 300, mm-hmm. which is the most of any non it's probably more than Batman, actually. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't compare it to DC. But it's definitely the most of any Marvel character. Uh, definitely the most of any Well, Well, ba- if you're talking right? Batman, would you be even talking runs or would you be talking, you know, That's the challenge, right? That's the challenge. Because if you're just including individual storylines, yeah. then Batman will clobber it. Yeah, um, but that's that's different, right? That's like a whole... It is. Yeah, you have you have it 21 times, I think. <laughs> I'm looking on your, your list. You have 21 Batman stories. But most of them are not like runs. They're single arcs. Uh, I... Yes, and Daredevil Daredevil has this penchant for long runs by unique creative units where mm-hmm. I don't even separate out. It's not like, you know, an individual unit of graphic novel, right? It's just like, no, Frank Miller's Daredevil, and that encompasses a lot. Um, I guess, I'll yeah, the four that I have are Frank Miller's Daredevil, rank 31st, which is super high. Um, and then I've got Mark Wade. I actually, I've got Bendis and Believe first. So we're going to talk about the Bendis run starting here today. Uh, that's like 130-something. Then I've got um, uh, Mark Wade, and then I've got Chip Zdarsky, actually the most recent. Um, not my good friend Ed Brubaker, who I talked with recently for some time, uh, just on a personal kind of private Zoom call. And um, that's actually not listed in my top 300, which makes me wonder if I haven't ranked it. But I, I, I that's actually one of the runs I'm most interested to revisit in the My Marvelous Year Club Zach, because I feel like the cool... The cool crowd likes to say mm-hmm. Brubaker's Daredevil is better than Bendis's because they, they follow each other immediately, right? You have the Bendis Daredevil run, which is super critically acclaimed, immediately followed by Ed Brubaker and Michael Lark. Um, that run never resonated with me as clearly as this one does. This is one of my all-time, like, got me into Marvel Comics comics, this Daredevil mm, run. Cool. And this I see it, I see it cited all the time when people are talking, like... I want to start reading, well, when I want to start reading Daredevil comics, people recommend this one. Or if people ask, like, I just want to start reading Marvel comics, period. A lot of people recommend this as just a place to jump in, yeah. period. as like a great run to get you started. Which I, I don't think is a bad answer, honestly. Sure. Um, I th- You know, I think as it is very much of a piece with the Marvel Knights wave, obviously we've been talking about for a couple of years now, the sort of this serious maturation but but more than anything it's the joe quesada led vision you know alongside jimmy palmiotti when marvel knights launched of like hey we're gonna reach out to creators who have unique perspective and we're gonna give them more creative freedom to try their thing you know so here they're saying hey brian michael bendis who has this interesting crime comics kind of repertoire through the 90s um who at this point is already launched ultimate spider-man and yeah. shown that he's got the bona fides on the superhero level. They're like, come in, do your crime thing, but mix it with superheroes on Daredevil. Um, and well, join can, in can with David Mack. That, that for a second. Uh, who, who did the previous arc, the Echo arc. All right, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. yeah. Well, the the because I was looking, I was like, is this the first thing that Brian Michael Bendis has done for Marvel? And no, like, it's Ultimate Spider-Man. But then he also did this little mini called, like, Daredevil nin- the Ninjas or something. <laughs> did you read that? I sk- I have read it in the past and I skimmed it this time. It's pretty bad. It's, it's not good. It looks yeah, yeah. bad and it's not well written. And it's funny that like off the back of Spider Man, which is good, but like not. It- it's pretty far removed from this tonally, and that he launches this series right. Like that someone re- read his Daredevil Ninjas thing, uh, and had the confidence or said that like this man has what it's got. To Daredevil Ninjas are really odd. Uh, Marvel Knights miniseries because yes you're exactly right like if you if you looked at that as the tryout you'd be like oh like he doesn't have the chops <laughs> this mm-hmm. is actually a bad fit mm-hmm. for Daredevil let's just leave him on Ultimate Spider-Man um, which you know obviously we've talked about in, I feel like we've talked ad nauseum about Bendis and Ultimate Spider-Man because over on the My Ultimate Year podcast you know that we did <laughs> for a long time but in the My Marvelous Year Club we have not talked about Brian Michael Bendis at all and um is that right? I don't. I think this is probably yeah. the first time we're talking about yeah. the creator. Oh, so, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I guess we don't want to assume too much here. Brian Michael Bendis defines Marvel Comics of the 2000s. Um, no creator, to my mind, has a more sizable influence on like continuity and and what is remembered 
from 2000 Comics. There are better runs, and there are creators who do great work, of course. Um, but Bendis is the biggest name, and and this is the start right here. Is this Daredevil tryout? Um, like we said, he's also simultaneously doing a really well regarded and often very good run on Ultimate Spider-Man with Mark Bagley um, over in the Ultimate Universe. We're obviously not going to talk about that. If you want to hear us talk about that, can I talk a little bit about the My Ultimate Year podcast? Mark Bagley's exists. faces though real quick do you mind if i zach this is not bagging on bagley we have done <laughs> i have sat through so many bagging on bagley segments listen yeah, if you want to if you want to critique something time. you can do return of the mac Ooh, return of the mac <laughs> and talk about david mac yeah. okay okay that's what we can do today but no like this is this is big because bendis is here zach i got a i got a little little fact for you let, let mm-hmm. me pull up some some data here okay I love data. Bendis is coming in. He's he has done some really interesting crime work, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit as we go. Two thousand one Eisner Award winner for best new series. Bendis with Michael Avon Oming on Powers. Two thousand two Eisner Award winner for best writer. Bendis for Powers, Alias, Daredevil, and Spider Man. Two thousand three Eisner Award winner for best writer, and then two thousand three Eisner Award winner for best continuing series. Daredevil. With wow. Alex Malief. So Daredevil's going to go on to win Best Continuing Series in 2003. Bendis wins two straight Best Writers. He's got four years in a row, essentially, of Eisner's. Like, this is peak critical acclaim, award-winning season mm-hmm. Bendis stuff. This stuff is well-regarded. It comes in like a, like a shotgun and really blasts sort of like what an ongoing can and should be, I think, in Marvel. You know? Because, like, obviously we've been talking about this, too. Like... Morrison's doing it on new X-Men, of course. Um, but then you think about, you know, kind of the tried and true, the stuff we're going to talk about, frankly, in part four of this year, Thor, Avengers, Incredible Hulk, the sort of Avengers line stuff, that very mm-hmm. meat and potatoes, back to basic superhero stuff. This is so the opposite of that, right? The Marvel Knights wave is so like, hey, let's push this forward. Let's actually, like, what can comics be that they aren't? How can we actually learn the lessons of DC's Vertigo and do interesting, more adult skewing type stories you know um and and that's what this start is now daredevil's gonna get better as it goes i think this is not the best arc or the most memorable it is very interesting and it's very clear that like oh yeah this run's gonna they're gonna have some ideas at a minimum that's well, gonna feel a, really because i don't i don't get that like the idea of this only comes through like formally right um one of the like, like in how this. the comic is constructed. Like, that's what I'm talking right, about. Right, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. the otherwise, like, this is a story you could have pulled straight out of the 80s, right? Like, and I mean, it feels ripped straight. Like, I, I'm not actually down on this. I've been I'm joking around. Like, this is this is a very good comic. Oh, you mean you're you mean you're starting out with the negatives and not about a comic no. that you're in 40 minutes, you're going to say, oh, by the way, I like this. Does, no, that it, doesn't it, sound like you. <laughs> it's really good. Um, the, uh, the, like... Brian Michael Bendis's writing is solid here. He's not uh he's not doing that quippiness that I quippiness? You know, that kind of like bantery like uh, uh two cops sitting in a car and one's like, "Oh man, I got cream in my coffee." Cream in my coffee? Yeah, cream in my coffee. Uh That's why that's I why I repeated quippiness, Zach. I was giving you the opportunity oh, to were you? Oh, immediately respond funny. with quippiness. I just, I, I missed that entirely. <laughs> that, yep. was really good. that was clear. Um, sorry. I thought you were genuinely questioning me like you didn't know what I was talking about. No, I'm pretty familiar with the uh <laughs> yeah, with the writing okay. style. But... Anyway, he, that's not that is, that's not here. So like that's the the thing that usually irritates me. Um although sometimes it works. But uh the it, it's, it's really that David Mamet influence sort of conversational tone and I think in <laughs> yeah, comics it without like Well, it's not a play. Into... I mean Sometimes yeah. the first time you read it, I feel like it can feel like, oh, wow, like people talk like this and this is different than mm-hmm. other comics. And then the 17th time you read it, it's like, oh, boy, <laughs> yeah. let's move yeah, along. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, but the, the story itself is a Ben Urich story that like I feel like would slot right into like the Frank Miller run. I think it's really, you know, really beholden to the Frank Miller stuff in, in not a bad way. And then David Max art, which is incredible, like incredible stuff is yeah. very like Sienkiewicz. Yes. Electra Assassin inspired. Like they yes. read those comics and they were like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep working in this mode. Um and I, I do think so I, I guess I am gonna start with it. It's not a complaint. It's a something that keeps this back from being like from me being totally rocked by this, is that that style and, and I'm curious to your 
you know, insight on this as this run goes, and we'll read more, but, like, it, this style sticks around, the, like, David Mack, you know, kind of, like, mixed media style, no. is that... Nope. So oh, David okay. Mack right. does, you know, David Mack did the previous arc, we talked about the debut of Echo, and her shooting Big Willie Daddy in the face, right, at the end of that mm-hmm. arc. Um, then David Mack, you know, David Mack is friendly with, with Bendis. Um, they have collaborated on comics in the past. Uh, they have since collaborated together on a comic called um, Cover, which is really fun. It's about, like, um, came out within the last, like, four years. It's about, like, uh, comics creators, like, being sucked into some sort of CIA scheme. It's a very in, you know, comics in-world thing, but it's it's good work. I like that book. Um, but Mack does that arc, and then he's, like, you know, friendly with Brian Michael Bendis. They have connections with Joe Quesada, uh, and, and the collaboration makes sense that way. But Mack is off of Daredevil uh, interiors after issue 19. Um, mm, so they're going to take, okay. there's going to be like a little interim, you know, kind of of a fill-in, uh, or not with fill-in, but just like, hey, we're trying out some other creators. And then Bendis will be back um, with Alex Maleev, starting with, um, I don't know, I think we pick it up 27? with issue 26, mm-hmm. 27. Yeah. Uh, it might be slightly sooner than that that they get together, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's going to be a few issues and then they're back. And then it's going to be the Bendis and Maleev run for the entirety. So Mac, Mac will do covers. Mm, okay. Throughout the series, but okay. no, that sort of mixed media collage, um, yes, yeah, Sinkevich influenced chaos <laughs> sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's specific to this story, uh, and I I like it for this amount of issues. I don't know mm-hmm. that I'd want it for more, but I do really like it for one arc. It's incredible. Like it's beautiful. It's paced well. Like it's readable while also being you know this like chaotic thing. It's it's fun to look at because you're also like scouring the page for. Like he just packs it full of little details and little character yeah. details that are, you know, scrawled. There's little character thoughts that will be just scrawled, like, in handwritten lettering throughout. It's really it's really great, and, like, it feels like a, a great successor to, like, Sienkiewicz's style. Uh, my only, like, issue with it is that it's paired with a comic that's very straight, like, a very straightforward narrative. And the two styles don't, like, there, there's not a particular cohesion between Ben Eric doing a incredibly grounded like here's a story about a you know a a little kid who's traumatized by superheroes and then i'm doing investigative reporting like there's scenes here where i'm like why is it being drawn like this why is jjj yelling at ben Urich getting this treatment like there's it it doesn't like when sinkevich and miller team up on this stuff uh it's the comics where miller is writing like these very dreamlike state so like love and war is this you know like fantasy play uh of daredevils where he's imagining himself as this white knight and then electra assassin is this like confused manic frantic uh like fever dream of electras and i think those styles mesh perfectly this one i feel like it's a really cool style in a solid superhero comic and the two are not like particularly well matched um it's a minor criticism because i think that no i actually think that's pretty interesting i i I hadn't thought of that, but it is like, okay, there should, if you're going to incorporate this feeling of kind of chaos and the wheels falling off, mm-hmm. stylistically, it does help if narratively that goes together. I think it works best with the kids' fractured memories. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, when we have, we have a child here who witnesses Daredevil and Leapfrog fighting. And it turns out Leapfrog, not to be confused with Frogman, because I was very upset for a period yeah, of time. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, isn't this guy supposed to be like kind of a doof? Yeah, <laughs> Frogman like is a goofball. And yeah. I had recently reread the JM, um, uh, JM, oh, geez, what is it? Straczynski? No, no, no. It's D, Matt. Dimateus, is that how we say it? Okay. Yeah. Gosh, he, he literally told me himself, and I can't remember. I'm so sorry. Um, Dimateus, uh, he does some really funny Frogman stuff in Spectacular Spider-Man, and I had read that and thought, oh my gosh, like this is a this is a character assassination by by Bendis is completely <laughs> ignoring the continuity. Yeah. No, no, different characters, different characters. That's important. Um, but Leapfrog is like this. He's a literally an abusive supervillain father, and his son watches this thing. I think the the fractured memories, the retelling of the stories by the kid in superhero terms, the art style fits that. I don't, mm-hmm. yes, to your point, when you then get into, because this is a Ben Yurick story. It's a, it's a Ben Yurick story masquerading as a Daredevil comic, which I think is a really fun POV to come into a Daredevil story with. Um, mm-hmm. I actually like that approach a lot. But yes, like when you're showing the journalism side of things, I, I don't know that stylistically it makes as much sense, frankly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I still like and looking there, at there's... it. Yeah, like, the, <clears throat> there's no sense of dreaminess or um, 
confusion to the narrative, right? Like, except for from the little kid's point of view. So, but but again, I think kind of a, a minor complaint. I think the comic works very well. The, um, you know, it, it's not like, it doesn't have anything particularly new to say about, you know, like abuse or trauma or anything. It's just like a very solid little investigative reporting story about uh, Ben Eric wanting to get to the bottom of a case or a story that he finds important and he's like attached to um but it's still it feels very like I, I wonder um as we go on how much bendis will like move beyond miller right um so that that is that is i think the best question for us because so like when i read this the first time i think it was the first daredevil comics i'd ever read mm-hmm. you know so this run it felt very, it felt just massive and important and I loved it, but it also had that feeling of like, well, I don't, I haven't read many superhero comics like this, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that tackled yeah. these types of themes. But I also would have been not confused by, but just blind to the odes to Miller and Jansen and Sienkiewicz that you're describing here that obviously as go, having gone through the My Rose Year Club and having read those runs, we are not, right? When Ben Yurick's talking about all this horror and dread of the ways the Kingpin manipulated him and how you can never escape his influence and the fact that he was stabbed by Elektra mm-hmm. for trying to dig into <clears throat> yeah. a case on the Kingpin, that's all Frank Miller run stuff. That we we know the context of that now. This run or this arc is very specifically calling back to that. I mean, it's very similar to what Kevin Smith's kind of aims and approach were in the regard of like these creators at this point, fifteen years later, are so beholden to I read the Frank Miller comics and I love oh, them. Oh, I don't, and, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Cause I feel like Smith is working kind of in a new, you know, he's doing some newer stuff. I think. Well, I'm, I I'm like going that, based on his interviews. This is literally what he talks about. Sure. Is trying I mean, to live I, up yeah. to the shadow of Frank Miller. I, I don't yeah. think his comic yeah. reads like a Frank Miller joint. Necessarily, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the way that Bendis um, actually kind of does more so, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, um, to, to but the, that's point the shadow. Where, yeah. And he's not even hiding these. I mean, he literally has the, there's the scene where Uric and Daredevil meet in a movie theater, and I was like, Uric met a like a source in a movie it's theater called, once, and the guy got stabbed yeah. through, and then it turns into the dream sequence of Uric remembering that, and he gets stabbed through. Which yeah. I did, the first, I think the first line of dialogue uh, Bendis has for Daredevil it, in this dream sequence, as it turns out, though, is like, I'm not a big movie guy, Ben, <laughs> which I actually really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I thought <laughs> yeah. that was a nice little wry yeah. bit of humor on Matt's part. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is, I think it's, if you... Forget Daredevil Ninja ever happened. It's a very interesting thing to be like, all right, here's your shot at Daredevil, mm-hmm. right? And and your approach is like, I'm going to write Daredevil as little as possible, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to write, like Daredevil's going to be like the kicker and stinger, maybe show for a page or two in the first handful of issues. I like that approach. I think Bendis, what we'll see throughout the early 2000s, he has a really, um, I, I like his focus on, sort of the journalism side of Marvel Comics. Uh, He really leans into that across here, across Alias, across Spider-Man. He gets a lot of J. Jonah Jameson in there. He goes on to write this thing called The Pulse, which is going to be like a new newspaper in the Marvel Universe. He's very infatuated, it seems, with approaching crime through the lens of the reporters, which I actually think is it's so often the police precincts not that mm-hmm. we don't get that. Yeah. I mean, he's literally also writing powers, so maybe it's just a way to not be doing the same thing twice. Um, but it's kind of like those are, you know, look at the wire, right? It's like, all right, what are our lenses here to look at crime? Police, reporters, blue-collar workers, and the actual quote-unquote criminals themselves, right? Like those are the kind of the different angles that the wire takes. Bendis mm-hmm. goes with the reporter side of thing. And in the Marvel Universe, that actually leads to a lot of like, you kind of, you almost forget because they're such supporting players. But it's like, yeah, that means we get a lot more Jerry Jones Jameson in these settings mm-hmm. that you're not going to get him in in Spider-Man. You get to see him as this jerk boss, but also with like maybe actually good taste sometimes, yeah, you I, know, I, with Ben Urich. I like Those dynamics he, are interesting to me. I, the scene where he chews out Ben Urich for not covering Kingpin's trial and instead for like following the story, which he feels is not going to sell. And like he's talking about like the newspaper is failing and he needs, you know, he needs him just to cover the trial. And he's like, Rag, ratting on him or ragging on him and telling him how like bad the story is and then at the end Benarek like <clears throat> to protect his dignity says something like fine it's not a bad story though and J. Jonah yeah, Jameson like, admits so. like yeah it's not a bad story I'm just not gonna run it like even admits at the end like yes I'm not you know I'm not a total like tasteless just like mercenary uh, journalist who has no idea what I what's in front of me like I'm I read it I know what you're doing I choose to 
you know, ignore it because we have to keep the doors open. Um, right. It, right. It was a good little character beat. Yeah. Speaking no, of I speaking of character beats, I, this, this is a total aside. I, I started reading some Ditko Spider-Man. There's just an amazing moment where someone impersonates Spider-Man. And an incredible JJJ moment I had noticed is everyone feels like they know that now Spider-Man is a crook because this criminal's impersonating him. Uh-huh. And Joe J. J. Jonah Jameson says, uh, calls to one of his secretaries and is like, dig out all the editorials I wrote about Spider-Man and how he's a menace and reprint them. I want everyone to know how right I was. Yeah. It's an all-time great JJJ moment of like so bitter, so petty that he wants to reprint his editorials. <laughs> if I was if I was President Obama right now, yep. that I would be doing that with the video of calling Kanye jackass and just being like, <laughs> I was so ahead of the curve. I was so right. You were all wrong. That's, yes, 100%. But unfortunately, all you have on the record, Dave, is uh, probably a, an entire <laughs> hour of you singing graduation uh, across all the episodes <laughs> of My Marvelous Year. <laughs> Just a decade of fandom. Oh, boy, that looks good. If I, if I could have Kang do me one favor and just uh, go, go a decade ago and say... Invest a little bit less of yourself in Kanye and Warren Ellis. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. I would, I would accept that favor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I think these I think these comics are well done. I mean, I think to your point about, like, you know, the, the heavy subject here is, of course, we have this child who's been abused, has some sort of fractured psyche and trauma from what he witnessed with leapfrog and daredevil um leapfrog well he killed his dad. dad i think that's probably the <laughs> the biggest thing he electrocuted the, his dad and the, sent him which, off a building into a trash truck <laughs> i think that's the, <laughs> the landing in the trash truck is very looney tunes because <laughs> they can't yeah. find the body it's the it's the one part of the mystery where because it's it's very i think it feels very obvious that like okay yes this kid probably stepped in and intervened and and did something to his mm-hmm. dad but then you that, are like wait so what happened to his body like, yeah yeah they can't find daredevil the wakes up and he was like there's no there's no trace of him anymore the falling, but he, he zaps him with an electric, the kid zaps his dad, who is this abusive leaf frog, zaps him with an electric wire, it shocks him, he falls off a roof, leap frog? lands, <laughs> he's an abusive leaf frog, there are two kinds of leaf frogs in this world, yeah. Zach, and he's the abusive kind, the he falls directly guy. in a waste management truck as it's going, it's not even parked, yeah, it's driving by, yep. incredible timing, incredible detail, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it's a serious subject, um, does it have anything shocking and revelatory to say? Not necessarily. Is it handled or even with really uh, a decent it's a amount? Cartoony. I think it's I think it's handled respectfully enough that I'm not I don't I don't cringe at it. I don't know. Maybe other people would have a different reaction. I think when you read a lot of early 2000s stuff that try to be like you know hey let's talk let's tackle a serious issue that can go pretty bad. I I don't think this one does personally. I also appreciate at the end of this Bendis has Ben Urich's actual article, and that's one of the things I like about him taking on journalism is kind of like. I actually like that style of like, okay, now here's the written piece about things in this world. That can go bad too, because it is asking you to invest in a lot of text for comics. Um, but there's a there's a pretty messy bit where Ben Yurick's like, you know, everyone has, you know, we actually all have some form of equality, regardless of our background. And it's kind of messy, and it's a writer trying to to oh, wrestle it's, with it's like incredibly two thousand, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like you know, regardless of race and creed and religion, no, no, you know, wait, we're all he, born he to says... parents, and we don't have control <laughs> over who our parents are. And it's like you get the point he's trying to make, but it's but it's messy, and there are but pieces where I'm like, kind of, it's kind of a problem. And but what I like about it, let me get to it. What yeah. I like about yeah, it Sorry. is is that actually feels honest. That feels honest, like because you you would read that column in the Daily Bugle and have a reaction of like, oh, I don't know if I agree with that. Or, oh, that mm-hmm. doesn't feel right. You know, it's a reporter sure. on a deadline. It feels honest. It's Is it perfect? Absolutely not. If you quoted that as, this is Brian Michael Bendis' feelings about the world, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, okay, yeah, there's things you can critique. But as a reporter trying to write up this story, I like it. It, it feels yeah. it yeah. feels honest. I, <laughs> I, I get that. I think I understand you're coming from. It does, it's just like, the thing that made me, kind of laugh a little bit as he's like everyone's equal even though some people have racial diversity and some people have sexual diversity and that's very like you know i don't know your grandparents who don't get like they're a very racially diverse person and it's like no like people are not divert like people are yeah, yeah themselves right. like the diversity is you know on a whole so he's like some people have racial diversity and it's like you don't even really know that you know how to use these very simple terms correctly so i could but it really is also it like too folks talked but- about the diversity differently in 2001 right than they do in 2022 right so if you come to and obviously we've talked about the 
you know, we, we've gone through the Marvel history from origins to today. We've, we've had a lot of different historical contexts. The cultural context here, it's like, yeah, of course. Like, that's, that's we, how you would We've read this. enough Bendis that I don't particularly put much merit in his, like, conversation about social issues. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not, like, cringing at any of this, and I'm, I'm not even, like, damning this, but I also, I don't see much, uh, much here. I think it's... He, I mean, he's the thing, I, the thing I want to say is well-intentioned, which actually is like a criticism, I think, more often than not at this point. Um, mm. I do I do genuinely believe his heart is in the right place yeah, more often yeah, than I, not, I, I as opposed so, to like somebody yeah. like uh, Mark Miller, where it's like he's kind of just using bits and pieces of the emotion of political or social thinking to, mm-hmm. to do something zany. You know what I mean? Which sometimes like I, I think pays off better, but oftentimes, you know, makes it land worse. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I mean, Bendis also, like, he hasn't done it here, and we haven't seen it here, but we'll we'll use, you know, social issues for a, a cheap joke, you know, or a kind of a cringy aside, right? Oh, Even sure. recently, he's getting zinged for, like, you know, still, like, using the R word, uh, right? It was, like, a couple of years ago in I think it was, it was autistic, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. If I remember correctly. Yeah, but, you know, but like you that. know what, though? Like, credit where it's due on that one, saw it, changed it. Saw yeah. the criticism. Oh, yeah, totally. Was like I was wrong. Change it, which I always respect. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think, generally, you know, you're right. Like, has his heart in the right place. Uh, yeah, and, and there's nothing here. Like, this isn't even like I don't feel like we have to apologize for this. It's just uh, it didn't do that much for me. No, no, no. But, it's more. I I could see you could have the whole conversation from the lens of like, can you believe this bit about you know, equality from Ben Yurick at the end of this. And it's like, mm-hmm. I just want to be clear that it's like, it feels honest and it feels, uh, frankly, like not the point <laughs> of the story. You know what I yeah, mean? True. Um, it, it doesn't color it too negatively in any particular way. I like these issues a lot. I like this run a hell of a lot as it continues. For me, this is read every issue kind of yeah. comic, you know, much like yeah, this have with I'm, Morrison's X-Men. This is a read it all run. Um, we're not going to literally read it all in the club because of time and space and the like it's a read it all run and and i do genuinely also think it gets better as it goes this episode of my marvelous year is brought to you by four sigmatic coffee four sigmatic offers coffee ground whole bean cold brew in pods a hundred percent arabica beans plus functional mushrooms listen i used to be very scared of mushrooms okay i do not trust them i do not in my mind think i like them but it turns out over the past couple years uh one of my favorite pizzas has mushrooms all over it it's just hidden beneath great chicago flavored deep dish and now four sigmatic coffee is tricking me once again into thinking maybe mushrooms are all right this mushroom coffee is quite good i'm drinking some of the dark roast right now it just tastes like coffee it tastes like a good dark roast it's really strong the uh the idea here is you get the benefits of coffee and the caffeine boost and this stuff has a kick but fewer of the negative sort of dreaded aftermath of coffee things i have been able to sleep better when I have this Four Sigmatic coffee stuff in the morning. True story. Uh, I have not, because I, you know, you get that too much caffeine going. Listen, I drink way too much coffee, you know, way too late in the day. And uh, and then you have a hard time sleeping. Uh, and, and this stuff, I have not had as much of a problem with that. But I have had that nice caffeine kick from the Four Sigmatic coffee. So if it sounds interesting to you, you can support my marvelous year and get some coffee for yourself by going to go.foursigmatic.com slash MMY. Our discount code is MMY, the initials in My Marvelous Year. You can subscribe and save, get 30% off with the custom podcast code. Again, MMY at go.forsigmatic.com. The the thing that I'm curious about is it, it is a really strange place to start a run because this builds nothing. There's nothing here that is like, like character-wise, plot-wise, like building out the world of Daredevil into something new that like this you know starts the run it's off stylistic and, you know, prologue like, makes its mission you know, this this would fit better as like a totally zero right. frankly because it, it it is yeah oh yeah yeah it's just sure like... yeah which is fine like i'm it's not really a critique but it does mean that i'm like hmm, i still don't know what bendis's daredevil right. looks like <laughs> like i don't know what this i don't know what this run is and i don't know what he's going to do with the character or do with the little you know his corner of you will daredevil. very soon also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Because he, he goes right into uh, it, this, like, this the, like the, the run starts, and it's just and, like, oh yeah, this is what this is going to be. Uh, it, and he wasn't like falling into the pitfalls of stuff that like sometimes irritates yeah. me. Oh yeah, so. that, that's I, I like 
I don't know if I actually have it ranked higher, but I'm definitely at this point, and maybe it's just because we read so much of it and I kind of I faded hard. But I like his Daredevil more than I like Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, I think like mm. he, like he's a crime writer. Like like this this guy writes Jinx and um, Torso, which is this like Elliot Ness historical fiction thing that's actually really good. Um, it's with Mark Andreco, who's another comics writer. And uh, there's a Miss Andreco in this comic, which is definitely a, a reference. Um, but uh, but it's like he's got all these mm-hmm. crime, and he's mm-hmm. you know he's yeah. got powers, of course. And Daredevil, I think, is kind of the creator at his best, which is very funny because he becomes big, glowing superhero writer, you know, in Spider-Man and Avengers mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, when I actually think Daredevil is kind of just like that was always the sweet spot, you know. Um, and anyway, I love this run; mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting because my, my experience with him is, I think, just Ultimate Spider-Man is what I've read, right? So, like, I've only seen him in that mode, and to see him in a slightly more serious mode here is, uh, is something I've been looking forward to. And we're going to be reading some Alias Alias is, is the other example, right? Which so, I historically yep, have held um, up as my, I think, favorite Bendis thing. Um, I'm yeah. not sure yeah, how excited. it's going to hold uh, up, just to but forewarn. We'll, we'll find out together. <laughs> just to forewarn people, uh, Alias is not on Marvel Unlimited. We will be reading it. but We're going to be reading it after there, Dark so to because it is a, a launch it. of the Marvel Max yeah. line. So that one is, you can only read it <laughs> yeah. if it's dark outside and if you're a little horny. <laughs> I'm sorry, but those are the rules. <laughs> <laughs> you have to... You have to take uh, your tablet mm-hmm. outside and uh, and take a picture mm-hmm. of the moon, and then you have to take a picture of... Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear you reading it. And, uh, and we, it unlocks. Maybe we shouldn't solicit that <laughs> specifically. But uh, but you can... Listen, you can moon us in whatever way you prefer. It can be the actual moon, or it can be, um, you know, like a like a moon girl, like art artwork, I would say. Um, okay, so moon yeah. us however you like <laughs> is what I'm getting at. Um, <laughs> final thought. On, on this run, Zach. So at the, I started this by saying, you know, Daredevil runs are often great. They're kind of Marvel's best as far as ongoing runs and creative mm-hmm. units. It also is this thing that this run specifically, I was like, oh, Daredevil is Marvel's Hellblazer. You know, like where DC and Vertigo have, like John Constantine and Hellblazer becomes this Vertigo territory where it's like, all right, like every cool creator can step in. And do something serious mm-hmm. and kind of mature, mm-hmm. but superhero-y. Sure. You know, so you get your Grant Morrison's and, of course, Alan Moore created and Jamie Delano and Garth Ennis and Neil Gaiman and all the big guns, right? That's kind of what Daredevil is for Marvel, just in a less siloed way. Because Darede- because John Constantine doesn't function especially well when he's overlapping with, like, Superman. You know, like, that stuff doesn't happen a heck of a lot. Um, but Daredevil, yeah. like, will run into Captain America, you know, and he has moments with the Fantastic Four. Uh, but anyway, that's the comparison that occurred to me here, and it's like that's that's kind of the closest to a Vertigo-y Hellblazer that Marvel gets, I think. It's it's interesting, yeah, because he's not he, he never, as far as I know, Daredevil never splinters off and gets so popular that he starts having multiple series, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't be like at most it's that there's an Electro series which also started right. at the same time. We might want right. to talk about that. Kingpin's um, had minis, you know, so you get like supporting players kind of, but it's not not quite the same thing. Yeah, but not real. It's not like Spider Man. It's not no. like X Men that turns into you know like he's got four titles running. It would be so weird time. to have you know the Incredible Daredevil and Uncanny Daredevil, you know, both at the same time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it has just kind of a tighter focus to it, and you're right. It does. You know, there's something interesting about this character that uh, keeps drawing people back. I will say, Dave, looking at your top oh, three hundred, oh, where's Vicente? Oh, I don't know if I even have that ranked. Actually. You don't, I probably have not. You know what? Ranked. Zach? Zach? First off, it's not going to be as high as any of those other ones. I don't like it as much. I'll just be very honest about that. As any of the as others which I have ones? inside the top 300. Um, you don't like it? As, you, you like the Zabarski well, one more? I did for a minute. I In looking at that, that, that again, I might have overreacted. A little recency bias um, as that one started. I mean, it's mm. still going, and it's... You have you have a pretty low. Well, it's in actually, the top 300. That's, you have that's that at, like... high, ultimately. Um, but I'm going to make a note mm, here. Daredevil okay. by... Anasenti and JRJR. We're going to have to rank that. I mean, I think Zdarsky himself would be horrified at the thought of being ranked higher than that run. I think he would. I think I've <laughs> yeah. heard him say in interviews that's his favorite. So, like, that's another, that's another, all the coolest it's... kids prefer Nascenti yeah. Daredevil to any other Daredevil. Yeah, like me, one of the coolest kids. Ooh. I got to go well, back and read all. that now that mm. Marvel Limited has filled that, <laughs> filled that totally out. Because um, I, I love that stuff. That was like, it wasn't Miller. 
the Miller run, but it was close for me. So, Are you um, on record as being that high on gotta, it? I, Somebody check the tapes. Yeah, I was saying that. I was saying that at the Somebody time. Somebody who I'm gonna go. I'm gonna spend about six minutes yeah. tops looking at old episodes, trying to see if I can find myself yeah, saying one that. clip <laughs> and insert it in right here, unless I didn't find it quickly. In which hey, if no you can idea. prove it, if you can prove it, do it, and um, and then find the clips of me saying Kanye is a genius, and please edit those out as well. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, okay, yeah. it's just gonna be a clip of Dave saying Kanye did. Nothing. No. <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> please do not. That would not be enjoyable. Just uh, edit oh, that boy. together. Oh, yeah. boy. What an yeah. absolute yeah. disaster. Um, I, had a, I had a Kanye song on a winter playlist, a holiday playlist, and it came up yesterday, and I was just like, no. Like, I'm, I just can't. I'm absolutely done. I'm so, so beyond done. Um, okay, not the point. Let's talk about... Yeah. Yeah, let's rough. talk about Daredevil Yellow uh, by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Zach, have you read any of the Loeb and Sale color series before? I read this years ago. Just this one? Uh, I don't know when, but yep, just okay. this one. So Loeb and Sale created Powerhouse. They they produced Batman: The Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Some amazing Batman stories from the mid nineties. Before this, yep, right? Yep. You did before. Long Halloween. Uh, they also yep, did okay. Superman for All Seasons for DC. Another very uh, well respected one that I enjoy a lot. That's also before this. And Marvel brings them in again with a nice focus on creator visions. And they're going to do the color series. They're going to do Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, and Hulk Gray, all three of which are written from the perspective of the heroes writing letters to lost loved ones. So we have Matt Murdock writing a letter to Karen Page, who just died, right, in the pages of the Kevin Smith Daredevil. Um, We have Peter Parker writing a letter to Gwen Stacy, who obviously has been dead for about 30 years in Marvel continuity time or in Marvel mm-hmm. publication time. And then you have Hulk with Betsy Ross. Betty Ross? Betsy Ross. Have we ever oh, figured no. this out? <laughs> and uh, she died fairly see, recently as well. One? Um, in the pages of the, at the end be of the Betty, because Betsy is Betty the, is the seamstress. seamstress. Betty mm-hmm. is seamstress. Yeah, if you, if you go to the Betsy Ross Wikipedia page, it says, not to be confused with Betty Ross, and it links to the Hulk. Okay, <laughs> so if there's an S in the name, <laughs> think seamstress. <laughs> that's how we're going to remember there this. There you go. Okay. okay. Betty Ross it is. And if you th- there's a T in the name, you can think Thunderbolt. There's T's in the <laughs> Please don't confuse this. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. If there's a B Stop it. in... Stop. Okay. Daredevil Yellow. Uh, here are my thoughts, mm-hmm. Zach. These series okay. are very earnest in their mm-hmm. sort of heart-rending loss, which I appreciate. Tim Sale is so good, is so incredibly talented. I, I love these pages. I especially love when Sale gets to do stuff that he doesn't usually. Like, for example, like when the Fantastic Four show up and it's Ben Grimm bursting through mm-hmm. a window. Ben oh, my thing. gosh. Ben what a good thing. what a good looking Ben, ben thing. Oh, man. Like, yeah, I love great, those moments. I think Daredevil Yellow, which does not hold up as well as I'd want it to, but I do think it's a better season one flashback kind of thing than man without fear by miller and and ramita um i do genuinely Mm -hmm. believe that Mm -hmm. like i I I would hand this to someone over that series uh even though maybe it does you know man without fear does things as far as like electra's presence in the universe and stuff like that and kind of how her and matt tie together daredevil yellow doesn't do anything like that necessarily (laughs) um but i just think it's better i think it's tighter i think it's more earnest in its emotion and uh if you don't know a lot about daredevil's history like this would have been a great introduction like a fa- fantastic introduction well it's it's also it's it's very much being like here's the silver age. like it starts out with the characters that we meet in those first the origin story. issues yeah yeah right of daredevil right it's the it's the stanley jack kirby origin uh, stuff wally wood Wait, is that dog? Jack kirby? it's not jack yeah, kirby. wally wood and bill Everett. yeah 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 that, that's uh, actually daredevil's actually yeah. one so that kirby is the, not tied to get the purple man um at least yeah right credit yeah, wise yeah, maybe that. behind the scenes who knows how how mad were you that they didn't get to like the stilt man Listen, stuff? Listen, honestly, okay. So I said it didn't hold up as well on the reread. I'm talking about stilt man portrayals. Like, why would you not? If you're gonna go back to the Silver Age and you have Tim Sale do some stilt man action, like it is the, it is begging yeah, for they, it. They do the owl who really doesn't pan out into much of anything. Purple man who has it, it's funny because the villains are pretty secondary yeah. here, which is funny because they're so central to um, their Batman comics. Right, like villains and like 
just tons of villains. Uh, but they only have, I think it's just the two of them, right? It's it's the people who killed Matt Murdock's father. The like, he also gangsters. fights Electro, but then it's which also... I remember because Tim Sale draws in a, a oh, sick yes. Silver Age Electro. Oh yeah, yeah, super fun, super fun. Yep, yeah. But uh, so yeah, it's just the like I think it's the villains from like the first four yeah. issues of Daredevil, which is fun. I always like it when um, like modern retellings of stories then don't don't do the thing where they're like. You know, like uh, John Burns doing Spider-Man Year One, and he's immediately going to Doctor Octopus, right? And he's like integrating Doc Ock right at the beginning, instead of you know, like Spider-Man has to stop a space shuttle uh, with J. Jonah Jameson's stuff. son yeah. or whatever. Like the 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 stupid stuff that you forget. Yeah, the right. Uh, the, there was the Tinkerer, yeah, as an alien. Like I I like when they lean into that stuff and then just actually portray. So like I was hoping. I was crossing my fingers here that Namor was going to show up as a oh. as a client, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah. It didn't go in that direction. I don't know when that happens. That's it, not for. But I actually don't even remember if that's that's Daredevil or if that's Fantastic Four. When he goes to um, the offices of Murdoch to sue the Surface World, that you know what? I bet that's Fantastic yeah. Four because we didn't read that much Daredevil. Um, yeah, it might have been. That's it. That's anyway. an interesting question. Um, uh, so I think you're right in that in that sort of analysis. I think. Um, the retelling of Purple Man, I think, is effective in that it does sort of modernize, like, oh, yeah, this character's creepy. Um, we can... I don't know. I actually remember, and, and it's been, you know, it's been forever since we read yeah. that four years, um, but uh, I remember being, like, wigged out by Purple Man in the original telling, thinking that, like, that guy worked really well yeah, as a yeah. villain there, and here, he didn't work nearly as much, but I remember thinking he was, like, a very effective villain, and we haven't seen him He's... since. Is he well, just vanished off so, the face of the earth? Like, so one, I agree with you. Purple Man's a standout of Silver Age Daredevil um, as far as the effectiveness and kind of, oh, this character can be a creep. There is a, a semi-interesting Purple Man um, in Emperor Doom, which is a graphic novel that was not available on Marvel Unlimited, which is the only reason we didn't cover it in the club. Um, I have it mm. multiple copies here in my office <laughs> um, that I read nightly. Uh, so that, But that's not a Purple Man story. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, we're going to see Zach. We're going to see a whole lot of Purple Man coming up. I'm going to warn you about that. Okay. All right. He's, uh, I'm, I'm just looking through the, the wiki real quick. Well, don't and cheat. Don't uh, cheat. Why am I not spoiling it? Well, no I'm, no, I'm not looking at the future. I'm looking at the past, Dave. And what he's just, he, he pops up here and there and Silver Age Daredevil stuff. <laughs> he's in Daredevil 88, Daredevil 154. Oh, sure. Stuff like that. I'm sure he's been around. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, I think the owl yeah, is, he has, uh, there's a moment where he like bursts into the offices of Nelson and Murdoch and he's like. It's kind of a good cliffhanger, but then the actual story with the owls kind of like, why are we doing this? <laughs> and and the, I guess the answer, yeah, though, is like, yeah, yeah, we're doing I this agree. because it's a Daredevil and Karen story. It's a Matt and Karen story. You know, it's not yeah. owls. Mm-hmm. And close. you know what? It works on that level. I think it gets me to actually care about that mm-hmm. duo, like their Silver Age pairing when they were You forget the sweetness like, of it. It's cute. Well, it, it's really tainted by Stan Lee in the 60s because it's all Karen being like, it's Matt being like, how could she love mm-hmm. a blind man? I'm so mm-hmm. flawed and, you know, like, I'm such a disgusting wretch without my functioning eyes. How could she ever love someone like me? And it might like, sound like you're joking, but that entire, is like, like, that is so many issues of the Silver Age. almost general. verbatim yeah. of like, it, you know, and Karen being like, he's so noble, but I can't remember because Karen also has something weird about it too. Um, yeah, she, she also talks about it in a strange way. I would say but, yeah, the Karen anyway, and Matt like, dynamic... The only ones that are worse are Jane and Don Blake, I would say, because Jane can't mm-hmm. stop calling sure. him lame, yeah. which is just just how they describe the fact that he has, you know, a hobbled leg. And, and he does the same yes. exact thing. Like, how could she ever love yeah. a lame man? Um, and, uh, and Betty and Bruce is always, is never, like, never once ever read a Betty and Bruce comic and been like, how romantic, you know? And Hulk saying, how could he, how could she ever love a gray man (laughs) or or you know i mean he would actually say that like how could she ever love someone who's a monster half the time i mean it's it's such a funny stan lee like he was really hooked on like captain america would do the same thing captain america would bemoan like i love her she loves me but we can't be together because i'm just too out of time oh yeah torture soul stuff you know weeping which which works better with the made-up problem how could she love well it works better with the made-up problem of like a man at a time than it does the actual handicap disability. <laughs> disability yeah <laughs> how could she love a man with shards of metal yeah, in his heart like a, a little more exaggerated <laughs> kind of um yeah. okay yeah. so so i think 
the earnestness is nice. I think it, and, and you know, the other part of the Karen and Matt dynamic, of course, too, is like, okay, so the Silver Age is kind of tarnished with some of the way Stanley wrote attempted sweetness. Um, then Frank Miller just full on <laughs> blows it up, right, with Born Again. Obliterates and, and Karen this, yeah. is, is completely yeah. uh, brought low, right? And, and, and the Senti and JRJR run brings her back in, up, actually. Like, I think that's the, that's the piece of the puzzle yeah. that I think is most crucial to understanding, like, like Karen as a player and kind of like, like that's like, those are like the best moments for her and Matt, literally from, well, I mean, maybe at all, frankly, when they're running that children's center and kind of trying to do good in the community. No, see, I, I like, I, I think Karen coming back post when she like sells off Daredevil's identity to people that like ends up in Daredevil's or uh, in Kingpin's hands. And then when she comes back, that's some of the like, sweetest stuff that i think that's miller it's like right after the who's the guy with the the flag on his face um nuke yeah it's like right after that run she like shows back up and confesses everything well that's born again born again it happens like Like she comes back and tells him in born again and i think that's effective but then nesenthi's the one who deals with it that reconciliation is the one who writes because it feels like it the the post born again fallout i think yeah okay yeah I, i remember liking the born again like coming back together there and that felt like sweet and earnest and you know like two people actually <clears throat> struggling with each other's um you know like mistakes and flaws well, and, and still like you know finding each other as well yeah exactly badly broken so that that's yeah but otherwise this relationship has been it's you're right it's been up and down so my, my thought about this and it it's a a more so jeff Loeb, i know him from dark long halloween which i yeah. quite like and man for all seasons which i like but more recently, it's been a lot of uh, the stuff in the Ultimate Universe, which is some of the most deranged comics yeah. uh, <laughs> in superhero comics. They're just bonkers. You know what I, you know what I keep doing, boy, though, Zach? Uh, they you do... know, we read Ultimatum together and covered that as part of my Ultimate Year. And Ultimatum yeah. is obviously held up as yeah. one of the worst comics you of all time. You keep wanting to rate it in your top well, 300. Well, honestly, yeah. every time I'm ranking a comic really low and I get to Ultimatum, I'm like... I'd kind of rather read Ultimatum again. Like, it, it's kind of becoming this unfair <laughs> is, is. thing where I'm always like, well, I'm kind of interested. <laughs> it's it's fun, right? Like, it's fun in its bonkersness, right? Like, it's got some thrills to it. It's not without some charm, but, uh, you know, it's also totally insane. Um, so Jeff Loeb, like, it's really funny. It's just, you know, t- totally different from this. This is so, like, grounded and so quiet and natural like natural seeming writing um and uh i, I think th- this is going to be rude it's a little rude but i think one of the best things that jeff Loeb does is not get in the way of tim sale here uh i, I don't think, think that's rude a very I, I nice, actually think that's that's quiet praise, standard yeah. daredevil story but like he's not adding too too much like the story is nice but it is just like a nice simple reinterpretation of the silver age stuff that lets tim sale shine here um, I actually kind of thought a similar thing about the other Daredevil story we read, except that I think Bendis is bringing a little more to it. But at the same time, like the appeal of this is the art. Like you look at this and it's just, yeah. it's gorgeous. Tim Sale's art is great. Did you know Tim Sale, he's not coloring this? Because that's one of the big things here is the water. Oh, I thought, or just I thought it was beautiful. all Sale. Who's coloring this? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't remember. Zach. But uh, Tim Sale is colorblind. Seriously? <laughs> or was colorblind. I did yeah, not Yeah, isn't that, that funny? Uh, yeah, yeah. I looked up Daredevil coloring. Um, I have, I don't know. Uh, yeah, because he, he didn't do the, the coloring. What do you know? Himself. The colors are by Matt Hollingsworth. Uh, Matt Hollingsworth yes, is an incredible right, yeah. who's done Who's done a ton of stuff. Uh, he won like an Eisner for that too. Okay. Uh, for okay, baby. F- Hollingsworth? Is it really? Did oh, he win know, it for he that? Because he, uh, he did Fables, I think. Um, what am I thinking? What am I, I thinking, Dave? Preacher. Preacher. He did Preacher. Yep. I think he won an Eisner for Preacher. He did Preacher and he did Death, the Sandman spinoff uh, in 1997 and won Best It is always kind of amazing yeah. to me how, you know, I'll, I'll learn about a colorist in 2011 on Hawkeye. And then it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. they were winning Eisner 20 years ago on, you know what I mean? Like some of the, some <laughs> yeah. of the art crews are just like yeah. so long lasting and just like staying great for such a long period of time. Yeah. It's kind of fascinating. It, isn't it cool when you can start like recognizing a colorist just by like the palette? There's a few color colorers out there where I read a comic and I'm like, is this Jordi Belair? I think this is Jordi Belair. And I look and lo and behold. Yeah, I definitely didn't start there. But I mean, I think for Matt me. Wilson I could do that with <laughs> these days. Just the super mm-hmm. bright pinks 
that 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 creator likes a lot. Um, maybe Hollingsworth. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a skill set. You definitely have to have an eye for art and color to be able to do that. But it is, and I do, <laughs> and you do. And so do. works for you. Very nice. <laughs> um, no, I I do. Okay, so we should we should definitely especially credit Hollingsworth for the colors because I that was one thing I wanted to say was it's not just the pencils. It's the way these these kind of it's that nostalgia of the Silver Age, but modernized in a way where it's it's not actually what they looked mm-hmm. like. You know what I mean? But it's like it makes it feel sure like right. it, you think they should. Um, it's kind of what Darwin Cook is so good at, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. too. I think on the on the DC side more often than not. Um, and it's just like like I said, like when Electro pops, when the thing pops, and you see just the full Marvel Comics universe bright color of what these characters are, because that's the thing you don't get in the super you know, Vertigo-esque Daredevil of Marvel Knights, right? That's muted. That is mm-hmm. gritty. That is is dark, dark palettes, right? Um, you don't get the superhero pop, and Tim Sale's art is is perfect for that. I, I really enjoy it. Well, the coloring does a lot for that because it will, like, swap back and forth between being muted and colorful depending on where Matt is in his life in here. So, like, when he's in the modern era writing the lair to Karen, it's like red daredevil in the world. is just yeah. gray. Yeah. Totally like grayed out for him. And then you start looking at the memories of him and foggy and Karen hanging out and you get like lots of color and lots of bright uh, primary colors coming in. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really nice. I think stuff. this is um, the, it's, it's a beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think yeah. this is the best of the color series that Loeb and sale do. I think Spider-Man blue is probably the, the, most the most emotional, but I'd that's say, just because yeah. I'm more probably emotionally invested in Peter and Gwen and the the trauma of that loss Mm -hmm. but i think the actual season one storytelling is best in daredevil yellow are we gonna let's see oh we're reading we'll do blue i don't know that i've got gray hulk gray on the list i don't know that i would um that one gets a lot messier because it's dealing with kind of an abusive relationship um in ways Mm. that i don't think really suit Oh, well, I trust Jeff Lowe for that. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the <laughs> yeah. thing. I don't know that we'll do that one. Uh, but yeah, Zach, Daredevil comics pretty good. Any additional thoughts, things we didn't cover? Daredevil's just, uh, he's a cool guy. And I'm interested, you know what, I am interested to see, because neither of these give new takes on Daredevil. Right. You know, like, this doesn't really we'll flesh out Daredevil into a new angle. Um, but I am curious to see what direction the character gets taken in these uh, coming years. Because... I think he's just, like, a really interesting character to play with. Uh, I like, you know, he's quietly, like, secretly, <laughs> secretly but not, uh, just kind of the messiest character, like, mainstream Marvel hero, who's not considered an anti-hero, yeah. but, like, has that edge to him of, you know, likes the violence a little too much, uh, loses control a little often, loses sight of the real world and falls into fantasy like all that stuff is fascinating and it's just such a through it's kind of what we think of his character moon knight being but with someone who doesn't yeah exactly real, like yeah. someone who doesn't yeah. realize that's the perception of them <laughs> you know which i think yeah, is right. kind of the most interesting yeah. angle uh it's more subtle you know but i, I do think it's becoming increasingly yep. well known zach i have a continuity question for you oh okay here we go i think you'll be able to handle this um now you read the echo debut by david mack recently in daredevil correct yeah yeah that mm-hmm. ends correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. does that end with echo shooting mm-hmm. kingpin in the face <laughs> yep once what? in each eye but once just in the each eyes eye. <laughs> okay he sur- he survives well i don't know we know i mean it it does the same thing the hawkeye yes. show does where it ends with like a you know she pulls the gun points it at his head cut to you know down the street i think it's you know uh, an angle of the boxing ring they're in you can't see them anymore you see the bang uh and then at the end of the comic it shows him sitting in a chair with, with bandages on his eyes and somehow she just shot yeah. his eyes okay <laughs> it's now it's pretty in daredevil yeah. 16 to 19 it's the kingpin's trial of the century it's it's just going back before that because it is referencing like that comic starts out with uh kingpin sending like twin hitmans <laughs> hitmans hitmen um <laughs> A, a, a literal set of twins that called themselves the Hitmans would be very fun as a set of characters. <laughs> They're pretty pretty good. That, that's like that's like a Garthiness. Yes, definitely. Thing. Um, it's uh to, to kill another twin. <laughs> they only the kill sets of twins. That's Murdoch's the only jobs office. they take. Yeah. It was a big twist at the end that the man who killed was the twin of the mm-hmm. actual target. Um, th- those comics are exceedingly dumb, although they're mm-hmm. very fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're, they're pretty good, but they're also very dumb um 
and then yeah there's a trial like during that run and this is just like pulling the so this the is yeah so the, okay so that's what i was kind of interpreting this as is this is set before the conclusion of the daredevil 15 mm-hmm. because kingpin yeah. shows up at one point yeah. and he does not have giant bandages on his eyes so the for, for the continuity yeah, this is, like that that trial is even shown in those earlier comics like they try to pin him down with the cell phone or something and we actually see that scene play out yep. earlier too it's the yep. same exact okay. scene okay yep. thank you for clarifying all right i think that was enough xp uh for answering that question correctly for me to level up to comic book experts comic book expert is the wow it's it's amazing how you go from immediately from journeyman to expert we we could have established more levels in between i suppose I think it's master. I think is the. I think it's apprentice. I mean, I could say master if you want. Uh, I mean, that does seem master like I'm sounds above you, more but, definitive you know, I, than I don't... expert. I think I would say, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's do let's do that. I'll, I'll, I'll be I think to I think master. to achieve a level up though, you actually need to verify that you enjoy, have enjoyed one comic. You need to verify that you have enjoyed at least one comic, and so far you have not crossed mm, off that verification check. <laughs> Your your blue check mark is pending. Every Zach. comic we've <laughs> let me let me see. When was the last time I didn't like uh, Maximum Security? I was gonna be like, it's been a long time since I didn't I don't like think any comics. Of us particularly like Maximum Security. We've read for yeah, the club. You're definitely off the hook on that one. Yeah. No, I've liked I've liked everything for years, Dave. Years. Speaking years. of years, we're gonna do our best of the year on the mm. My Marvel this year Christmas special. That is going to be airing live for a little Christmas party. This may or may not come out after Christmas. I don't know. Well, don't you know can always timeline. just like hop in a time machine. Go back. Go back. To 1218. Yeah. And we're going to do the My Marvelous Year Christmas party. We'll talk about the stuff we loved in the actual year of 2022 and just have a good old time, right? That's coming up. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, it'll I'm be fun. Um if you want to check out extra issues, it's uh, our side comic book reading club podcast that Charlotte and I are doing. We're uh, we're doing a superhero subversions theme right now, covering six comics within that theme. So we did Watchmen, we did Planetary, and we just covered Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, the Kieran Gillen series from 2019. We had a special guest, um, Hass, Hassan uh, Oatsman Elhow, who's the actual letterer of the comic, and... God, that episode was great. Uh, it just came out, and I've <laughs> had many people in the Slack tell me uh, the episode is better than the comic. Woo! So <laughs> the discussion around it. So I'm uh, I'm very proud of the show. I think the show's um, it's going really well. So please uh, please go give that a listen. It's behind the five dollar paywall on our Patreon for six months, and then it's going to go up um, go up in public. But right now, it's just the first three episodes are on Patreon, and we're going to cover Garth Ennis's The Boys for January 1st. That episode should be out for the new year. And I'm churning my way through it. I'm like 15 to 20 issues in, and boy, there's a lot of that. Boy, coming. those boys. <laughs> Have you ever made it even no, that far? Dave? I, did, I didn't make it that far into The Boys. Um, it's, I am looking forward to that episode, first off. Second off, we should definitely oh, start has, has is reading worse comics so we can get more feedback that is the podcast is better than the comics because that sounds like which would be our <laughs> ultimate goal of we are actually better than the things we are talking about, right? Wouldn't that be the ultimate the, the ultimate yeah. praise for my Marvel Sheer podcast? Oh, boy, what if what if it's not even bad comics? What if it's, you know, our Watchmen episode? People are like, I didn't like that comic, but your episode. I just want to set the. I I want an achievable bar, Zach. I want an achievable bar. Mm. Um, well, I think we've we've done that before on this show. Uh, Secret Wars two. I think our episode's pretty fun. I would say our episode of Secret Wars two is definitely Uh, better than the experience of reading Secret Wars two. But the thing is, you know, the the Peter Cannon Thunderball episode we just recorded. That's a good comic, by the way. I mean, we 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 had it's a it's a good comic that. Uh, and we had one of the creators on, so we weren't dunking on it. <laughs> you know, like we we had an actual like thoughtful ninety minutes discussing a comic that like Charlotte loved. I liked. Some of our readers are like, if it's a comic on, to um, be discussed too. I mean, that is Gillen's deconstruction. Sure, that's the entire point of the comic. On Watchmen, and it's a it's a yeah. comic built for conversation. It's it's more of that than it is like an actual story. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Which sure. is part of the the critique. Anyway, a really really fun episode. Um, and honestly, uh, getting to meet, uh, Hass and like chat with him was like, I don't know, uh, more exciting than if I got to like interview like Jim Starr here. I'm such a big <laughs> fan of him. Yeah. He's, he's so cool. Yeah, like, I agree. I, but Jim Starling, come on. Strip panel naked. I, it, it was, 
the most flattering thing anyone has ever said to me about the podcast is he uh, he came on. And really, he's like one of my idols of like comic book criticism, which I don't have any of. Except for him, <laughs> sure, <I think>. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, like his YouTube channel and panel by panel the magazine are just incredible work i'm just so envious or in awe of them well it seems like probably that um, that ring that you've been carrying around in your pocket could be delivered to hess i, I mean it sounds like you've got a destination <laughs> but he when he came on he was like oh i listened to your first two episodes i'm really nervous you two are so good at this and i was like oh my god <laughs> are you did you just say you're nervous to talk that's, to that's me very nice and, that's uh, very nice was, jim starlin actually said the yeah, same thing I, to me when I started our, my interview with Jim. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I listened to your episodes about uh, Infinity Gauntlet, and I actually think the episodes <laughs> you had You had more to say than I did. I was so, I'm so nervous to talk to you. Yeah, it was, it was a surprising, it was yeah. definitely the nicest thing I've ever heard um, from one of my idols. So. Yeah. And um, uh, what else is going on? Uh, or if you, uh, oh no, the variant's not next week. I'm, I'm all out of order. I was going to say, I'm going to talk Midnight Suns on the variant next week, but that's the past variant. Yeah, we can't. Uh, we really shouldn't talk about episodes that are coming up because it never works. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, uh, what's next on the Yeah, next the up we're going to be though. reading, um, think... let's see, you're all going to be reading Thor, Avengers, and Incredible Hulk. Uh, we're going to do... S- what do you mean you all? Are you not reading it with no, us? No, no, like the listeners, that one? Zach. Because we're going to go uh, back in time again and uh, we got to do the X-Men episode with Charlotte. Oh, I thought this is just you and me. Having oh, my gosh. No, we publish these, Zach. <laughs> That's why you edit them. You don't just edit them for me personally. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why you would think I would make you do that. Um, that actually doesn't sound like something I would do. Uh, and then next up, we're going to do Amazing Spider-Man by JMS and John Romita Jr. So many runs. Oh. So many runs are starting this week. Yeah, crazy, crazy year. Crazy year. Uh, you can find all those issues, of course, in the show notes, as well as patreon.com slash this year. So... I'm Dave. He's Zach. We're my Marvelous here. The show is uh, sponsored by viewers like you over on patreon.com slash my Marvelous year. You can find music for the show via Disasterpiece. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next year. See you next year.